Hello everyone and welcome to the Banner Broadcast, a Banner Pipeline Project initiative where we provide professional development resources for civically engaged leaders in the higher education and nonprofit sectors. In the inside scoop of a civically engaged higher education career series, we will explore what it means to lead a career in this sector and learn from the experiences of six professionals currently working in the field. Today's episode is the closing episode of the series. Thank you so much for joining us throughout this journey. The topic for today is how to deal with burnout and practice self-care. In addition, we have a special segment with our interviewers sharing their favorite affirmations. As we learned throughout the previous episodes, this field could bring burnout. Our guest speakers will share tips to combat it and practice self-care. First, we have Ariel del Rosario, project manager at Project Pericles and Bonner alum, who highlights the importance of creating boundaries and protecting one's self-care time. One thing that I've been starting to do is to protect my self-care time and honor it as if I was having a meeting with a friend or honor it as if work was starting and I needed to be there at a certain time. Um, I show up for work, I show up for my friends, I show up for my partners, I show up for my family, and I also need to show up for myself. And oftentimes what I do is I say, oh, I'm going to relax today, I'm just going to take a walk with my dogs, and then I get a call and someone wants to hang out, and I think, oh, let me do that. Now for me, self-care is time alone because I'm actually quite introverted, and I have started protecting that time and saying, no, I can't do that. Or if there's something I need to do on the off hours for work, I make sure that I do that, but I also make sure that I leave time for myself and what's important to me. Sometimes, uh, so I'm part of the League of Women Voters in my neighborhood, and sometimes there's a meeting, they have many meetings, and I'll often schedule self-care time because I like to schedule. <laughs> so I'll schedule self-care time on a day when there's a meeting and I just say, I'm sorry, I have a prior engagement. And it's true, I do, to myself. Second, we have Joshua Rodriguez, sharing the importance of re-evaluation when doing service. Vacation. <laughs> <laughs> so, another myth is that people in our work don't take vacation times. We definitely do. The success you've seen is because people probably took a vacation before that. Um, so I would say vacation time, um, especially when you're in this field of higher education, take it practice self-care. And, you know, um, I was taught this thing by my colleague, Jen Steinfeld. To, to some people, self-care doesn't mean letting go of the work and actually add on more stress. Like, I could go on vacation and come back to more work and it doesn't solve anything. So practice self-care in the way that will address your struggles. If your struggle is that you have so much on your plate, practice self-care by creating an itemized list of what's prioritized and what's not. Practice self-care by bringing it to your boss and saying, hey, I think I can really do well on these couple items, but these items I'm losing control of. And is there any way we can slow that down or we can you know, pause those initiatives for later? Same thing with students in the work, in the, in the field. You're doing so much. You're tutoring, you're dissonant or whatever it is, whatever direct service or indirect or capacity building you're doing practice self-care in whatever format possible, right? Whether it's vacation time or readdressing your responsibilities and roles or creating new ones or clarifying roles, that's self-care all the way so. Coming up, we have Kelly Finn, the Student Development Program Manager of the Sweater Center at Brown University and Banner alum, sharing with us her self-care toolkit. Yeah, I think, again, going back to that first year, 
part of why it was such a mess was because I was such a mess. And this is no one's fault, but I don't think anyone really taught me how to take care of myself, especially in college. I think we're in this culture of like, you stay up all night, you eat whatever, you hang out and it's super fun and you're a boner and you're doing all this great stuff and you have classes. That life, which I loved, but it didn't set me up super well to understand what life should look like for me once I graduated. And so I was just like working constantly because I was used to that, like filling my day thing. (laughs) I don't look back at it and regret it, but I do think it was a year where I was not taking care of myself at all. I was not really sleeping enough. I was not eating well. I just didn't feel like my best. And so literally a year after I started that January, when everyone gets back on track, I was like, okay, we really need to rein it in now. Since then, I have learned that taking care of yourself is like absolutely critical to this work. I really don't think I can bring my best self to work if I'm not doing my own personal development and care at home. I look at that in a really flexible way. So I sort of think of it like this toolkit of things that I have available to me and I get to choose when to use those and how much. So that's things like eating well, sleeping, exercising, listening to music, hanging out with friends, seeing a movie, reading, listening to a podcast, all these 10 things that I have. And so I don't look at everything like, okay, I need to eat well all the time or I need to exercise every single day. But I know that I need some combination of those things every single day to keep me happy and to keep me calm and like ready to approach my day. So my mornings usually look like working out for an hour and like eating a good breakfast and having quiet time before I can get to work. And it's like non-negotiable for me because I, I think I learned the hard way that I just approach my day from a very different place if I'm doing that. And I owe that to the people at work. I, I don't want to be a leader who like unloads all my personal stuff on other people. I don't think that's fair to people. And I'm not perfect. I have my bad days, of course. But I really believe that like the students I work with deserve the best version that I can bring. And sometimes the best version is just admitting I'm really tired right now and I'm not having a great day, but let's talk and just being honest about that. But it also means like trying my best to put my best foot forward and being kind to people. We just don't need any more hate or like negativity in this world. And so if I can control the little piece of my universe that I'm in, then great. And the other reason why it's important is I want the students who are looking at me the way I was looking at my mentors to say like, you can be a professional and you can also take care of yourself. Those things can happen at the same time. And sometimes it means wake up at 5.30 in the morning because I need to work out. And for some people that's crazy. And I know I'm not getting enough sleep, but I really want to work out. Some days I'm too tired and I'm sleeping more than I'm working out. That's all good to me. As long as it's like some combination of taking care of myself. And the other tip that I've learned is to like intentionally build in buffer time because things always take longer than you think they're going to and things come up that we're not prepared for. So for example, I was on a great vacation all last week 
nothing to complain about there. I was taking care of myself all week. It was like super relaxing and not stressful at all. But I knew that if I had flown in yesterday and gone to work immediately this morning, I wasn't leaving enough space for my like humanity. Like I knew I needed a day to reset and to like get my act together. And then tomorrow I can go in fully ready to take on the day. So when you can, like building in space for that to happen, because who knows, I could have like gotten a flat tire yesterday on the way home or gotten sick because I always get sick on plane rides or whatever. So I try to build in space for that when I can. And that doesn't always mean taking a day off, but it means not scheduling your day with no room in between to like be a human or make mistakes or have human connection. So I try to add some buffer time when I can. Next, Matthew Ryan Cheney, Banner alum, assistant professor of English, and director of the Banner Center for Service Learning and Civic Engagement at Carson Newman University, mentions different ways to practice self-care and the importance of addressing one's problems. Sounds weird, but like yard work, mowing my lawn is actually very therapeutic. It's something about like instant gratification. You look back and you, the, the grass isn't as long as it was. <laughs> I like to play music, you know, drums and guitar, and I like to sing. I really like to watch movies. I read comic books. Uh, <laughs> I go on a walk. This is something I learned from one of my mentors, Larry Osborne, who was the director of our center when it was founded 10 years ago. It's like his solution for everything. It's like, we'll just go, we'll just go take a walk. (laughs) And uh, I would get so frustrated because it was like his answer to everything. And you know, when I do that, it helps. Getting out of your space, like getting out of your office, just going out. A lot of times I'll take my dog on a walk and try to think about some things. Those are some ways that I practice self-care. Also like eating food that is healthy and nutritious is also a thing for self-care for me. Sometimes like if I work really long hours, I'll realize that I need a vegetable, stay hydrated. The difficulty of self-care is like finding the balance between like what is self-care and then what is just distracting yourself from an issue that you need to deal with. I'm always like, we can talk about self-care. I would love to talk about self-care, but we're not going to avoid the issues that we have to deal with. Now, Gretchen Milkey, Assistant Dean for Civic Engagement at Weiner University and Banner alum, shares how self-care is a lifelong process. I think that I've changed jobs every three years. (laughs) So, not this year. I'm in my fourth year, everybody. That's a win for me. It's exciting. I work really, really, really hard, and then I get burned out, and then I leave. That helps me find something different. It helps add variety. I'm not saying that's the way to do it. I'm just saying that's the way I did it. I feel like every year I work three years' worth of work, and then by the time I got to my third year, I was like, I'm exhausted. I'm done. (laughs) I need to go do something different. And so grad school, even though it was like intense as well, and like grad school is about survival. It's not about like the fun college years. It's just like study, study, study. But it was a different pace. It was a different focus. It was a different like distance from the work, even though I was always interested in like the civic stuff. So it gave me a different, like a way to rejuvenate and realize that I still wanted to work with higher ed. And then at American, I was doing well. I was promoted. I was going to be doing assessment. And then with that student, you know, it was like, maybe I should go back and work with students. So I think you get reminders over the years. Clearly, I haven't learned my lesson because I keep working myself to like exhaustion (laughs) and then I have to start over again. So um, what I've been doing this year and year four is doing things like exercising. I just started like therapy two weeks ago. It was really interesting. I like never been, never knew what to expect. And I was like, I don't understand why this person's like not talking to me. 
Like, it's weird. I'm talking to you, and you're asking me questions. But you're not talking back to me. So I'm not sure, like, that's really, like, the right way for me. I definitely take all my vacation days. So I went canoeing last week. I the beach for a day. And the summers, it's, like, when you get to the academic year, May, you're exhausted. And then the summer happens, and it's, like, a different change of pace. So I know it's, like, seasonal work, and that kind of helps. Um, it's still busy in the summer, and it's getting busier in the summer. But I do have Fridays off, and that's, like, my homework day because I'm getting my doctorate right now. I haven't perfected burnout or self-care, but I think you just do the best that you can, and I think you acknowledge the highs and the lows. And I work at the Bonner Foundation. I would, like, dream about doing AmeriCorps paperwork in my sleep. I would be like, do, do, click, 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 save, click, 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 save. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this is, I'm apparently so invested in my AmeriCorps paperwork, but I'm, like, dreaming about it. I like meditate before I go to bed with like a little app on my phone. I did executive coaching a couple years ago. That was really helpful. But now that I have a baby, like it gets harder to balance. Like I thought I was burned out when I was like 21. And then I would be like, wait, I didn't have a kid. Like, wait, I didn't have a house to worry about. Wait, I didn't, I didn't have to worry about this. So um, there's like new levels of burnout, I think. And uh, I just feel like uh, I keep getting, I keep having to learn how to do it. To close this section, Dr. Wilbur Whitney, director of the Bonner Office of Community Service at Morehouse College, highlights the importance of having a supportive environment when it comes to self-care. thing that I've been pretty good at through my career is understanding balance and living a balanced life. There's five wells of Morehouse students, and that's one of them, be well-balanced. For me, I always had a family. That's been important. I've always had a hobby. We used to be tennis, now it's golf. I've tried to take care of myself physically as well as mentally. I take I take time off. I go on vacation next week. That's going to help. <laughs> Last year when I did that, I, I went on vacation too early. Then I came back, and when the students got here, I was going like, oh, I'm already tired. Things are important. I think it's generally just trying to find out things that you think lack of stress. One thing I, I really do, and this is just not to say about Bonner or the Bonner program, but even with Bobby, is that it's really good to work with people who understand what you're going through and can empathize and you can talk to. For example, Bobby and I, we talk a lot and we share things and I feel comfortable in terms of sharing things. And so that's really helpful, especially even though they're like the foundation or the funder, that the values that you all the behaviors that you show have been really important for me as a professional. I feel that I can go talk to Bobby about anything that happens here with the job or what's going on with the college. And uh, I know that it'd be done in confidence. It'd be done with understanding it. it. I know that he has our best interest at heart. And so I think that's important to have people that you can talk to. Because, you know, sometimes when you have an issue, you know, I mean, I've had issues. And it's good to have people you can talk to. Okay, it really wasn't that bad. It wasn't that deep of an issue. But we can find a way around it. And the Bonner Foundation has been that kind. People are surprised. You call the foundation and you might get the president answering. It's a different kind of foundation. These foundations, you got to go through 10 people to talk to somebody, you know, about something. That's been really helpful. And, and, and it's also the kind of way we model our program here as well. And our students feel that as well, is that, you know, they feel they can come in here and talk to us about everything. You know, we want them to. In fact, we tell them that any issue that you've had, we had somebody that's had that issue, we can help you. But the thing is, we need to know early, not when it's a crisis. But we have an open door policy, and we want to create that environment that people feel comfortable to 
deal with their issues. Because most of the issues our students have are not with academics. We want to feel that they feel comfortable and trusting enough and we're open enough, they feel they can come here and get that. And that's why I feel like working with the Bonner Foundation. You want to feel where you can do what you want to do and get done what you need to get done and feel comfortable in that environment. Support it, I think, is really important in terms of, you say, balances and, and not burnout. Thank you so much to our guest speakers for such useful tips. Now, they will share with us some of their favorite affirmations. Hope you find one that you like. Coming up, Ariel del Rosario shares an empowering affirmation. One thing I tell myself is I deserve to be here. And I think that oftentimes we doubt ourselves because we pay attention to all of our deficits. And as people who want to solve problems, that means we notice them in the world and in ourselves. And I can often doubt whether or not I'm doing something right or if I'm doing something in a way that's responsible. But Bonner has helped me assess, and my career has helped me assess that I am somebody who deserves to be successful and deserves to have a seat at the table. Another one is something I always say is, so the golden rule is do unto others that you would want for yourself. But I think a more accurate rule is do unto others as they would want for themselves. A, a really simple example of that is I really like water. And so if I go to somebody else and I say, hey, here's a glass of water. They may not like water. They may want a Coke. They may want an orange juice. And just because it's something that I would want for myself doesn't mean it's what I would want for them. And so I need to, I really think it's important to put yourself into other people's shoes and do what you think that they would want for themselves. Even better, ask them. <laughs> Second, we have Joshua Rodriguez sharing the importance of reevaluation when doing service. There's something that I've been saying to students. When you engage, if you're if you realize you're going to get more than what you give, mm -hmm. reevaluate your service because it might not be critical. I would say if you're serving a school and education based and you're teaching a classroom and you know this is going to feed, like help build your resume to become a teacher one of these days and you're helping these uh, students in these communities, it's great. It's, 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 it's awesome that you're giving back, but ultimately if you know that you're doing this for uh, growth of resumes so that we can go into these schools and teach, know that you're getting more than what you're given. Because a lot of these students you're working with might not have those opportunities lined up for them like you do right now. And so reevaluate. How can you then um, give more than what you get? So if you're going to become a teacher, what are you going to make more commitments to? Are you going to attend more parent-teacher conferences as a teacher? So that way you stay more connected with families. What, in what ways are you paying it forward and paying it to yourself? Right? That's important because we do get a lot more than we give in this higher education, civic, and community engagement. Like I said, we live in our little privilege hut. We can always come back, hide away, and not have to worry. You have to be very mindful that you get more than you give. And if you want to make that an even playing field, you have to give a lot more than you get. And that means you got to give up a lot more time. That means you might have to change ways that you practice teaching. And, and yes, you should learn that while you're engaging. You should learn that parent-teacher conferences correlates with more success, especially when you involve the parents more in the education of the child, et cetera. But that requires you to change the way that you enact, right? And it requires you to give a little more than what you get. Next, Kelly Flynn shares an affirmation that inspires us to practice kindness in a unique way. 
the one that I think relates to both me as a person, but especially me as a leader, is from Brene Brown, but it's basically clear is kind and unclear is unkind. And I think about that a lot in terms of my work. And back to what I was saying before, when I, I came into my first professional capacity, really thinking that I was going to like lay down the law and be super authoritative. What I learned is that you can be kind to people by being clear with them. And I think about myself as a college student and what I needed at that time was people who were just clear with me. And clear to me means honest and truthful and people who can sort of break things down to the essential. And so that's what I try to do in my work. And it's not always easy, but I realize that when you have fuzzy rules or fuzzy understandings of things, people are confused and they're upset and they don't understand what's going on and they feel like they're not a part of the process. And so I just try to be honest with everyone. And that's like with my parents and with my siblings and at work and with Bonners. So I love Brene Brown and that's just like one phrase that I repeat to myself a lot. Following up, Matthew Ryan Cheney gives two of his favorite affirmations about positive attitude. If you look in my office, I have a blackboard behind me. And I put these different like one word things up there to kind of remind me. The two things that I've been saying a lot lately, I have these mantras, I guess. Uh, good, better, best is one of them. I say good, better, best. Because a lot of times we will look at a situation and we'll be like, wow, that's really terrible. It's awful. And then I think sometimes we place an unreasonable goal on how to fix that situation. And in the process of placing that big long-term goal, we don't think about the, the, the little things that we could do. So I say good, better, best a lot of times because, okay, maybe I can't get that really big thing that I want. So for example, one thing in our office, we don't have funding for an administrative assistant. So there are four of us on the staff and we do all of our own administrative work, which is fine. Um, but we all kind of sit around sometimes and we think, man, it'd be really great if we had, you know, somebody who could sit up front and be a part of our team and just manage the office so that we could all worry about our programs or other things. So that's a big goal, hiring somebody, getting enough money to hire somebody into a position. And so what I've been thinking about recently is like, okay, what are some of the smaller steps that we can make to deal with some of these administrative tasks that we want done? How can we train students to do some of these? How can each of us as a team kind of support one another for different processes? So it's good, better, best. The best solution would be to just have an administrative assistant who's great and better or best is taking some small steps to kind of solve some of these problems. So I say that a lot, good, better, best. I also say that there's bad, then there's worse. And it trains me to kind of try to find the positive in situations that are really difficult because it could always be worse. Now, just saying that isn't particularly helpful. It's just kind of like what somebody says and they don't have anything else to say. It could always be worse. But it, it really is true. And so I, I think that sometimes we have really unreasonable expectations for what we can achieve in a day or in a year. And I think sometimes it's good to just kind of slow down and be like, all right, what are, what are some little things that I can do that can kind of move things forward at least a little bit? If I can't get that big thing that I want, if I can't get that big initiative or that big grant, or what are some things that we can do? So good, better, best, and there's bad, then there's worse. Gretchen Milkey's quote reminds us of giving our best and demonstrating excellence in our work. So Matthew Johnson used to say, the quality of our work will speak for itself. And I think that that's like a really good reminder. Like, do just do the work. The, the sad part about that one is that there's also a saying that's like, to people who do good work, more work is given. <laughs> so it just keeps like braiding more work. <laughs>
Um, but I love both of those. And then John used to give us a quote every year. So it would always be like, Gandhi, or change it up, and it would be somebody else the next year. So I just love a good quote per year. There's just like a new one every year. So I would just say, like, keep looking for those quotes because they're fantastic. Finally, to close this episode and series, we have Dr. Wilbur Whitney with a short and powerful quote. Being the school of Martin Luther King, a lot of his sayings and what he says are very important. I think whatever you do, be the best at what you do. I, w I would just say that. It doesn't matter what you do, but whatever you do, be the best at it. Thank you so much to all our guest speakers for making this series incredible with their expertise and insights. Like always, thank you everyone for listening and learning with us. This concludes the sixth and last episode of the Inside Scoop of a Civically Engaged Higher Education Career. We hope you feel inspired and ready to build your career pathway. Remember, we have an incredible network of Banner alumni to help us undertake professional challenges and give us further advice. Find their different profiles at www .banner.org. Do you want to learn more about grad school, career changes, and networking? Check out the Postgraduate Pathway series on YouTube as Banner Network. Do you want to learn more about healthy leadership, use of power, and more? Visit the Creating Change Agent series on YouTube as Banner Network. Bye.